It's two redheads and one who won't tell his college friends about this podcast talking about racing. <laughs> wow, that was specific. I okay. To be fair, I met them today. I like, thought you watched race with them yesterday. Introduction. I watched the race with one of them, but I literally. We we sat down to record the podcast. I'm like, hi, I'm Andrew. Let's let's hit record, kind of thing. But every time I guess I it'll come new... up. Now it will. Maybe they'll listen to this and then we'll be like, wow, Andrew, you have a podcast. How cool! Anytime I meet anyone new, I'm like, hey, I'm Jason Schultz, co-host Redhead Racing Radio. <laughs> nice to meet you. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, that, you're Redhead yeah. Racing Radio. That's crazy. Like you have all those great opinions that NASCAR really needs to listen to and implement into the sport. Like, yeah, yes. that's us. Oh. That's us. Oh my gosh, now that that literally sparked something, but I'm going to have to think of it, because there was another idea I had. It was kind of like one of those, you know how we have the big ideas kind of things? (laughs) I had a big idea, but now I'm I'm blanking out on it. This is literally, ah, shoot. All right, we'll circle back to it. Maybe Maybe I'll remember. Um, I just want to make sure everyone is aware, Andrew's currently experiencing, oh, a monsoon. Did you see that? Is it raining, or is it just lightning? So, I don't know. I think it's just lightning right now, but yes, folks, breaking news, it does rain in the desert Hmm. sometimes, and I've been getting alerts nonstop about, like, severe flash flood warnings and all that, so it's monsoon season, so, yeah. Doesn't it only rain in the desert when NASCAR's racing in the desert? Seriously. I felt my first race here was when Junior won. 2015. Last yeah, if you remember that race. Yeah, that was his. And, of course, I had to leave early. But yeah. I was, like, there at the beginning of it. Um, <laughs> I was there at the beginning of Dale Jr.'s last victory. I was victory. at the track, okay, when he won that day. <laughs> but, yeah, I felt so unlucky because I'm like, I brought rain to the desert. Mm. I was, like, certain it was me. Because that was the year Chicagoland, I think, rained for a long time, too. And I just had a terrible history with rain delays. So... I felt unlucky, but yeah, and and feels like whenever there's an NASCAR race, it's always raining here. So it's we'll have to see. We'll you also brought the rain to Daytona in Chicago this year, so it clearly is you. All right, you're welcome for people who are at Chicagoland that I brought the rain, or else it would have been a miserable day. And then Daytona, I'm sorry because that sucked. All right, I remember this big idea. It's not oh, really God. a big idea, but it's more like a, a plead for NASCAR. Dear NASCAR. Um, it, it came up yesterday. My friends and I, we were talking about, like, most iconic sports trophies. And I showed them the NASCAR one, but I showed them, like, three different trophies because the trophies have changed so much. Mm-hmm. And if NASCAR wants to brand this correctly, here's what you do. Keep the trophy you have now. Just remove Monster Energy when Monster Energy deal, like, when that expires. You have to have a consistent yeah. championship trophy. And yeah. they can't, they really, like, if, if we're going to this new sponsorship model next year, you can't change the championship trophy after, what, four years, three years? Well, that's like, what they do. Like, it just do. doesn't look good. I know. They need to, like... I, they need it to be consistent. Something to be branded, like yeah. the Stanley... I know you probably can't ever get to the Stanley Cup, but it's something recognizable, like, oh, that's yeah. the NASCAR championship trophy. To brand anything or to build anything, it takes years of work. And NASCAR likes to change things after just a couple years if they don't see it working, like... To make things successful, you need... Keep this trophy, yeah. please. Or if they are if they are going to redesign it, pick a design. This will be the final design because next year there might not be a sponsor associated with a sport, the so season as a whole. So it will be a NASCAR trophy. Yeah, so it will be building, them, building a trophy that they're specific to um, NASCAR itself. The Sprint Cup trophy, I always like. That was a really cool trophy. I loved it. Yeah. Loved this it. new one just seems 
awkward and gigantic and doesn't really complicated. Yeah, right? complicated is a good yeah. word. So let's pick a design. Let's make it really iconic. Let's make it you know bring in the heritage of racing and tie in all that kind of cool stuff and make it unique. And like the Super Bowl trophy, that can, same trophy every yeah. year. Staring exactly. at it now. Patriots have six of them. <laughs> Yeah, all right, just go ahead and rub it in. I actually, I don't care. So, like, you're not, like... 43 to nothing over the Dolphins. Okay. Um, no, but, yeah, that was that was my thing. You, we need a consistent For sure. Trophy. No, that's good. So idea. that was a little tangent. Sorry, go ahead. What were we talking about? Vegas, know. right? Let's go to Las Vegas and let's gamble. Do well, let's talk about it. Let's not go there because plane tickets are probably expensive. Las Vegas. Daniel was in the way and really messed up a lot of playoff guys. This is one thing I talked about in Door Bumper Clear today is should non-playoff guys be aware that they are racing guys going for the championship? A couple instances with Suarez on Sunday. On the first lap, he was hitting his teammate, Clint Boyer, as they were crossing the finish line for the first, to complete the first lap. I'm like, what I are know. you doing? I don't, that's not cool that you're racing him that hard in the first lap. That's stupid. You could literally take out your teammate who's in the championship hunt on the first lap of the race when you're competing for nothing. I'm like you idiot, Daniel. <laughs> he and I, he had a pre-race interview, and he's like, "Hey, I'm here to race to win." So I'm like, I, you know, "On the I first lap, no, you're not." And then, <laughs> um, I don't. It's probably half midway through the race. Joey Logano. We're gonna start this party. Thank you, Joey. He just wanted the to party was started in Vegas. Yeah, it sure was big party. <laughs> Thank you, Joey. He just wanted to announce his presence on this podcast but Suarez ran into Logano again like put him in the wall kind of thing it's like what are you doing and he's like the last four or five weeks Daniel has really been driving guys super aggressively and like I think he's got to keep doing that out. he should not go back from that though I know I like the style the aggressive style I like style. the new Daniel Suarez just be careful when you're racing around your teammate in the playoffs for Clint Boyer also um, Brett Griffin made a good point on DBC that he doesn't have a ride for next year. Like, nothing's guaranteed. Like, he's kind of racing for his life, like the Benedetta exactly. was. And, like, some other guys are right now. But, like, no. wrecking people is not going to be the most appealing way to get another ride. Or renew yeah, your contract. He's got to race aggressively. I think missing the playoffs smart obviously race, hurt. Smart and aggressive, not but just aggressive. The way I see it, if Suarez continues with... Um, Stuart Haas racing. I think he only gets better from here, obviously. And we're, we're seeing, it used to be, we would have all these rookies, like Jimmy Johnson, Ryan Newman, Jeff Gordon. They would come into the series, and they would just stomp all over the competition rookie year. That's not really the case anymore. It really is a veteran-run sport where the rookies and the first-timers, especially when you climb from the Xfinity Series level, it takes three or four years to truly establish yourself as a competitor it's so rare that we see a rookie come and just dominate anymore from the very beginning so Suarez is at that kind of point as we're seeing with Chase Elliott who kind of got there last year and I think we're going to see that with William Byron the next couple years making the playoffs help but Suarez is at that point where he's starting to become the real competitor that we're looking for out of him but it takes time so yeah, he's racing for his life, and maybe that's going to speed the process up a little bit, but that's kind of the way I see it, too. So enough about non-playoff drivers. So race winner, Martin Truex Jr. I would have never guessed that. That's incredible. Crazy. He won a race. He's got the most wins of anybody right now. <laughs> Crazy that he's surprised by it, but anyway, he was not the one people were talking about after the race. Like, I don't think many, like, I don't know if we mentioned him once on Door Before Clear today, like... 
and he won, and he's moving on. But and and the round of sixteen seems to it's every year. It's the guys who dominate the regular season are the mm. ones who hit the ground running in the round of 16 and then we see some other players as the field gets more narrow i think that's why we don't talk about them it's yeah. just because well, it's almost kind of expected no not if that. this was someone different it, it, well obviously there's another reason there's we're not talking about it, but if it was someone different about. we'd be talking about that winner a little bit more but i think his teammate probably made the headlines a little more than yeah he did. i don't even think it's that reason why we weren't talking about him we're only not talking about trucks probably helped but because kyle bush was Kyle Busch yesterday. Mm. And he stole the show. Seeing in the top playoff guy struggle, like back in the years when Kevin Harvick dominated the playoffs, like when he would face adversity, it'd be way more exciting, way more engaging. The race would be more fun to watch. Seeing Kyle Busch struggle on Sunday, way more fun to watch. I, yeah, he struggled, but and this is why I think Kyle Busch isn't accurately reflected in terms of the championship win category is not many people could do what he did yesterday in terms of being two laps down and driving back into the top five now of course he ran into the 52 well which is what we're going to talk about next but or the 52 blocked him or whatever your interpretation of that is but not many people could do what kyle bush did up until his accident late in the race brett griffin made this point on door bumper clear as well that of course, we saw Kyle drive back through the field after his accident, and that's his talent. That's purely his talent speaking. But because he's only won one championship, it's because the mental toughness he needs to complete a race, complete a whole season, win the championship, goes out the window when he does stupid things like run into the back of the 52 car. And that's and where some- he lets his... Yeah. Yeah. Like and you look at Adam race. Stevens, yeah. he's the biggest, like, needs to calm Kyle Busch down. Yeah. And we've heard him, like, snap at Kyle Busch yeah. over the radio. And that's that's a great point, too, is sometimes Kyle needs to accept this race, know that he has a playoff mm. cushion. Now, I'm sure how he's thinking today is totally different than his thoughts right after he got out of the car. But you're right. Not every driver after bad race has that kind of interview like Kyle Busch. And just that's what I think ultimately costs him six, like his taste. So most talent guy in the field right now, but just doesn't have it. What it doesn't have what it takes to put it all together and win championships. That's why I saw someone tweet this yesterday night that Kyle's only won one championship in his career. And it was the season where he missed 11 races, I think. So it's, he had less time to really screw it up that season and still win the championship so I think this will be, like, he's been probably the best guy all season long. Let's see if he has what it takes to put together a whole season and not see him blow up at the media after running into a lap down car after the first race of the playoffs. Yeah, and what really bugged me about that, listen, I love Kyle Busch and I love his um, passion for racing, but what bugs me, and especially trying to work my way up into the industry on the media side, is when he goes up and he says, I'm just here so I don't get fined, <laughs> that, that it makes yeah. me upset to hear that. And I don't want that to be the competitor's mindset. It, it, and I was just at uh, a speaking event with Herm Edwards, who's the head coach for ASU, and Andrew he said that he his perspective was he understands like the media's job and he's there to a win games that's first and foremost but then he also knows that we have a job and he encourages himself and his players to help us out with that 
and thinks it's part of the job. And Kyle Busch doesn't seem to think that. Yeah, exactly. Imagine him, you interviewing him, and it's just like, hey, Kyle, um, like you said, one time you interviewed him after qualifying, I think it was at Talladega, and he was in the best mood. And just, well, he just answers, like, short answer, really stupid, quick answers. And you're going to be, like, super frustrated because you can't even use that interview then. It's frustrating. No, you're right. And there have been times with other drivers that I've encountered where they, I didn't even post it because it made them look bad. Mm. And at the end of the day, I'm not out there to make a driver look bad. And I think that's what Kyle Busch kind of got frustrated about with Jeff Gluck over Twitter was like, yeah. why did you single out my interview? Um, so, yeah, it's 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 hard. I will say I loved his quote with Parker Klingerman after the race. Um, and, and he agrees, apparently, with our playoff points yeah. is that like he doesn't like the insurance and his uh his policies are gonna go up i loved that quote but um yeah it's hard to gauge it right when they get out of the car though that's the only thing before we get to that playoff point quote because again will be pretty accurate um flipping the script a little bit on saying kyle should be you know better with the media having a personality like that a guy be mad after he awesome. struggles and stuff so dale tweeted this um this afternoon saying that a lot of guys moved the fan needle big time since his dad and looked no further than Tony Stewart. Dude was polarizing and extremely popular. Like, that's what Kyle Busch is. We need all drivers to be like that. Ten years ago, a, like a handful of guys were like that. You don't know what they're going to say. You don't know how they're going to act. It's just entertaining, and that's what people watch for. Now, with the whole corporatized driver kind of scheme that everyone pretty much follows no one's like that but kyle bush is still like that super controversial will say things to make conversation and make things exciting and we need that like keep doing that but do it maybe do it in a more strategic way to help yourself out help your brand out yeah i look at this with two lenses one is my fan cap and then the other is i'm putting myself in the people who are holding the microphones trying to ask him the questions trying to do their job and i was entertained from the fan perspective because i thought it was fun to watch his uh passion for it and that was literally that was raw kyle bush that's nothing filtered not like hey i want to thank the guys in the shop or yeah or sponsoring that was kyle bush and i like that part of it uh it was just the only thing that really frustrated me was saying that he was there so he didn't get fined that that did rub me the wrong way um but that's kyle bush for you and you have to understand and 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 the end of the day too if he just gave pissed off but actual answers this wouldn't be a story so in a way his non-answers created the story Mm. and now looking at the playoff points after vegas he still has a 36 he's in fourth with a 36 advantage like he's fine like can't screw up again but at the same time he's still probably gonna make it the next round easily exactly well let's let's go into the playoff points then because first there are yeah go for it first i want to talk about my playoff grade that i um had andrew put together for me yesterday and i changed things i spent a couple hours yesterday maybe not a couple hours maybe like an hour digging through old race results and previous race results at these playoff tracks and drivers performances to shape my playoff grade based on how i think guys will perform and that's how i've done my fantasy picks all year is digging through old race stats and old um past performances from drivers to see who i think will be best and it's done me well in fancy but here we are after the first playoff race and of the four guys currently under the 
cut line, which are Ryan Newman, Newman, Kurt Busch, Clint Boyer, Eric Jones. I now my new current playoff grade. I have Eric Jones going the round of eight. He's you know dead last right now. Clint Boyer going the next round. He's second to dead last. Kurt Busch going the next round. He's third dead last. And Ryan Newman's the only one I have in the out after this round. That's in the bottom four. And he's only race. six out of the cut line, too. It is one race, but you have to wonder, because there have been so many playoff rounds where the bottom four leaving the first race were ended, ended up being the bottom four eliminated. Well, Eric Jones, he's really going to have to fight hard. <laughs> really going to have to fight hard because he's 26 out yeah. going to Richmond and the Roval, both tracks that are kind of questionable. He is probably the one who's going to screw your grid up, if anybody. Yeah. I, actually, someone who I could see, I could actually see Ryan Newman squeezing his way above the cut line. He's only six out, and here's the thing. There are 16 drivers in this round, so that means if all of them take the top spots, not everyone's going to finish in the top 10. Not everyone's going to even finish in the top 15. Ryan Newman is consistent enough to where he can probably get that done. Now, yes, I know he's behind, but if anyone out of this list that I think could do it, I actually think Ryan Newman has a shot. I don't think he has any shot. I think everyone else is going to outpoint him the next two races, and he's going to fall further. But we'll see. We'll see who's right. We uh, will. <laughs> and my bold predictions, not bold, the ones I educated predictions I tried to make before the race yesterday, I have Ryan Blaney, Alex Bowman, Eric Amarola all being eliminated after the first round. And they're not too far above the grid right the cutoff line right now, but we'll see we'll see how Richmond and Rove will go. One of them I think makes it, if anybody. At least one makes it. I'm actually William Byron, big winner. I thought he would be below he was below the cut line entering this race, mm. ends up being plus thirteen. That is a huge win yeah. for him and the twenty four team leaving Vegas. We're gonna have to see what he can do at Richmond. That's a track where I think he's run well at the past, but I think for all the Hendrick cars, they have to walk away from Vegas mostly happy. Yeah. Very impressive. Going to Richmond, Saturday night, short track race. Next year, I think Richmond's still in the playoffs next year, but there'll be a Bristol Saturday night short track race also in the playoffs. So how awesome Two is of that? those would That's be awesome. So awesome. And then we're going to the Roval. Like, I cannot wait for the Roval. I can't wait to be back at the track at the Roval again after everything that epic that went down last year, except dropping my phone in the safer barrier. Everything else I'm excited for. Hey, but you got a good story out of it and a scare, and you're never going to do that again. You're not going to put your phone within, like, 10 feet of a saver barrier from now on. <laughs> it's going to be a zone. Right? No phone Basically, zone. Basically, yeah. No, um, no. this is a good round. I, I like Richmond. The Roval's great. I'm excited to get back to the track at Dover. I'm sure you're ready. Especially the Roval. Like, how could you not look yeah. forward to Roval weekend? No. And that one, hopefully, is as epic as last year, as game-changing as last year. All the... Epic finish, epic race, epic drama with the standings. Like, it's going to be fun. Looking forward uh, to it. I'm really disappointed I can't make it this year because that was probably one of my favorite race weekends. And the, the, just, the track is so awesome. Yeah. Like, they brand it as the Roval, and I don't walk in thinking this is Charlotte Motor Speedway anymore. And it's we, great. And we played Cornhole, ate s'mores. Didn't I win? Went Didn't I win Krakow. Cornhole? Yeah, you're description my phone is still a cornhole champion really yeah that's funny well i'm never gonna play again because i want that to be your legacy the outlier i i played some people here at mario kart i backed my words up 
didn't lose a race. One time I played Mario Kart and I was looking the wrong screen the whole time, so I thought it was running, but <laughs> you I was idiot. actually <laughs> crashing and not going anywhere. Idiot. Oh my god. Wouldn't you figure, it's like three laps, wouldn't you figure it out? But I thought I was doing so well because the guy I was watching was going great. And then they're like, Jason, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm doing great, aren't I? And they're like, no, you're not going anywhere. I'm like, wouldn't oh. you know that the controller doesn't like it, match up it with your movements? Was, I would, no, I was doing the movements as I would have had to do if I was that player. Oh, my that's God. That's my Mario Kart story. Oh, okay. I see what you mean. Yeah. yeah that's still... <laughs> like a little kid who's like, oh, yeah, you can play the video game. So they're just messing with the remote. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm yeah, doing give so well, the dead remote. I? Yep. You fool. All right. Well, don't ever play Mario Kart with Jason. I won't, no, play Mario Kart with Jason because you're going to beat him. So um, if people want to say, I don't know, send you a tweet about how good they are at Mario Kart and how bad you are at Mario Kart, where could they tweet you at? All right, follow me at Hey Jason Schultz. Once Roval Weekend comes, there'll be a lot of content. I'm actually doing social media with Charlotte Morris Beauty that weekend, so plenty of Roval social content, which I'm stoked about. So get ready for that. Follow me on Twitter there at Hey Jason Schultz on Instagram as well. Andrew, where can they follow you? Who's that? Do you like The Office? That's Dwight. <laughs> <laughs> My comment um, says it better. You can follow me at Andrew Curlin TV on Twitter. This week, I have a very fun game of Would You Rather with Joey Logano. He explains how he can. We're going to start this party. He can start the party. Um, I. What else? What else is this week? Oh, yeah. Martin Truex Jr. Especially being the winner at Vegas video coming out. And, um,. There's some other stuff that I don't remember, but I know it's going to be a good week, so stay tuned for that. Why is it going to be a good week? Andrew thinks to himself, because it's always a good week, because all my stuff's great, Andrew says. That is right, yeah. Well, some of it's not great, but I, and that's okay. I admit it. I'm here for the highlights, okay, everybody? No, um, no, hopefully it's good. Hopefully you guys enjoy it. Andrew has a big weekend of football coming up as well. I'm actually going to skip the ASU football game to watch the... Second round of the playoffs oh, at really? Richmond on Saturday night. Yeah, because I'd be missing the whole race if I went to the game. Yeah. It's like I'd rather watch the race. Yeah, that's true. You know, good good call. Yeah, hopefully it delivers. But we watched we watched the last ASU game versus um, Michigan State in a pool. It was freaking awesome. At the frat party, and we're gonna no no frat party. <laughs> I don't then it's just dumb. I don't like parties. Like I. Like, it just does not appeal to me. So I'm with you. I like hanging out in the pool, getting free quesadillas, and watching a close game with some friends. That sounds fun to me. I did watch some of that game in the pool. Uh, not in the pool. In the gym. It was pretty exciting. <laughs> in the bathtub. <laughs> oh, my God. Remember that one time I recorded the podcast in the bathroom because it was the only soundproof room in the building? Yeah. Yeah. I know Matt, Matt Dillner gave you trouble yeah. for that one, too. All right. All right we're the right, people right. probably don't care anymore. <laughs> Thanks if you uh, ended up listening to the end, everybody. That's all Impressive. I got to say. So yeah. um, Talk to you after Richmond. Right. Sounds good. Sounds like a plan. Thanks for listening to Redhead Racing Radio. We'll see you next week.